Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real and honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm CJ, and sitting around the table today, we have Tom Chef Shunis. Hey, everybody. Also known as Chef. We have Crystal Chang. Hi, friends. And we have Afton Phillips. Hello. For the very first time, Afton, we are excited to have you on the podcast, and we are excited that you're joining us for this conversation, uh, because tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Okay, so my name is Afton Phillips, and I've worked at Orange for four and a half years now. Um, My title is the Director of Small Group Strategies, so I pretty much just get to sit around all day and talk about small groups, write about small groups, read about small groups. Yeah of all ages, and it's pretty much the best job ever. Yeah, and if you're new to the podcast, Orange is the curriculum and strategy that we're all a part of and that we're all involved with here at Orange. So, and Lead Small is the small group aspect of that curriculum and strategy. And that's why today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we are really excited to be talking about evaluating small group leaders because it's kind of that time of the year. And we say here at Orange that small groups are kind of at the heart of what we do, you know, in middle school ministry and high school ministry. But oftentimes, not everybody, but oftentimes we're, you know, recruiting small group leaders, we might hand them a book, and then we just kind of send them off. And we hope that it goes well. And for something that's at the heart of what we do, these small group conversations, it probably needs to have a little bit more follow-up and evaluation than just, here you go. Hope Hope it's working well for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the major downfalls of most ministries is that they do a really great job at doing like a big volunteer kickoff event. And maybe they hand you the lead small book or they tell you what your job is. They give you some details about when to show up and what t-shirt to wear and where to sit. Um, And then you kind of never hear from your church leader again. I mean, I've been a small (laughs) group leader for, for a while, like probably like 10 years now. And it feels like that a lot of times where mm-hmm. your church leaders are like, Hey, you're a small group leader. Good luck out there. Yeah. And then you hear from them, um, you know, with curriculum specific stuff, like we were kind of talking about, you know, if it's a series that is specifically, you know, it, it has a lot of tension in it that mm-hmm. they need to address with you before you go into a conversation with your kids, you'll hear from them then. But the actual training aspect of training your small group leaders and, and kind of helping them develop and to be better small group leaders is one that gets overlooked a lot of times. Yeah. As a small group leader, especially, um, at my very first church when I was very, very first a small group leader. And and then maybe like at your church, we didn't call it small group leader. I was a volunteer, a chaperone, a life group leader, a community (laughs) group leader, and a mentor because we kept changing names. Um, I always wondered, am I pal? I was not a pal. I always hated that term. That's weird. Who's yeah. a pal? I don't know. It's a school term. Like I, I, I saw a sticker yesterday that had like principal's pal, and I thought, That's I'm going to take weird. a picture of that and ask the educational system to quit using wow. the word pal altogether. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I was just going to say that I always wondered, and maybe, maybe other small group leaders wonder this, am I doing this right? Like yeah. I was 22, fresh out of college, and then they handed me this group of teenage girls and said, lead them. Yeah. And I was like... I don't know if I'm going to cause them permanent damage or not. <laughs> Maybe I will. I yeah. don't know. But there was no system for feedback. And so I just spent a year hoping that I wasn't destroying their lives. Yeah. As a small group leader myself, I resonate with some of what you're talking about, Crystal. I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, we, we do feel 
Like we don't know how we're doing. And um, sometimes that's our own fault because we're not paying attention to what the ministry is providing us as far as evaluation tools or here's what to be thinking about focusing on. Uh, And sometimes that is on the ministry itself that they're not um, stepping up to provide some of those tools and trainings and evaluations. Now, we've heard from Crystal and Afton uh, and and me, I guess, myself, (laughs) as small group leaders. But on the other side of it, Chef, why is it important to evaluate small group leaders? Well, well, I would say I started this whole journey as a small group leader, and I just remember sitting there not knowing what I was supposed to do at all. And Mm -hmm praying because we did small groups after, you know, we only had so much time and they were going to send me into a room with, it wasn't really a small group, 26th grade boys, 24 sixth grade boys, mm-hmm. or in the corner mm-hmm. of a hallway or something. And I just remember praying the speaker would go longer because <laughs> it was like, they're not giving me enough, you know, like one, you haven't set me up for a great conversation. So it was, you know, it was really hard to feel successful on top of that. But on the other end of it, when you're looking at small group leaders, when you're trying to figure out you know, what it is we want them to do. I mean, that was my first, when I did start, I complained enough that they gave Mm -hmm. me a job. I'm like, okay, well then come fix it. (laughs) So I I started on a manual. It was like, I'm going to write a what to do when you need to do it sort of a thing. So about 900 pages in, I decided (laughs) this is a bad idea because I can't cover all those things and that this is really a relational thing. It's going to be messy. But what do you tell them? And so, you know, over the years we've been trying to figure out, you know, like what's the batting average? You know, like how do we figure out the batting average of a, Small group leader. And then it's like, well, then what's in that bat? Because if we're going to have a batting average, we need to figure out, you know, what we're Mm going to count. So that was, so we we were like, no, it's really, it's not objective. It's really subjective. Well, if it's subjective, I have been wrong so many times about who's going to make a great small group leader. I just don't trust Mm -hmm. myself with it Mm -hmm. anymore. And so it's like, I'm not sure really what to do. And just because kids love them doesn't mean that they are a good teacher, coach, or small group leader, Mm -hmm. you know, because they can love them for lots of reasons. Um, And, you know, the other thing that always drove me nuts is, you know, some people are really good about talking about what they do or what they did or celebrating, you know, these victories. And so you think because they're talking about it, there's tons of victories. And some people just, they're just quiet and they could be Mm -hmm. killing it in small group and you would never know. And so you're sitting out there like, I don't want to, you know, how do I... I don't want to sit in small group. That'll ruin it. You know, um, I don't know. So it's just, it's just really hard to find handles. And I would say too, I mean, I think one of the most difficult things is that you can't evaluate somebody if you haven't given them kind of what you're talking about, chef, like this kind of guidebook, like the Mm -hmm. standards, the expectations. So I feel like, I mean, Chef wrote the book on it. He wrote Lead Small, (laughs) and it gives you five principles of what it means to be a small group leader, which I just think was probably one of the most helpful books to come into youth ministry ever in existence. Don't get a big head. Don't get a big head, Chef. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But... I think it was because I think before that it was, we didn't really know how to tell small group leaders what their, what their, you know, milestones were, what their, where, Mm -hmm. where we were expecting them to be because it was such a relational job. We handed them questions and no answers. Right. Yeah. And said, good luck. So I went from 900 pages to just don't tell them anything. And that didn't work either, (laughs) you know? And so years later, we finally came to the conclusion that we've got to tell them something. So what is it? And we grabbed the best small group leaders we could. We sat around a table and we asked them the question, what would you tell a new small group leader? And for the most part, I mean, we did that three times. So I had six hours of conversation to listen to. (laughs) They came up with these big ideas. They were the things that, but they're Mm -hmm. general ideas. They're not, when this happens, do this, which makes sense because Mm -hmm. that's not relationship. But Mm -hmm. back to the story, like, 
how do you measure it? And the thing that frustrated me is by the time that probably frustrated me most as a ministry leader is by the time I figured out somebody wasn't a great small group leader, we were like a year or two in and then you're right. going, mm-hmm. well, do we just let them finish out? Because right? besides putting the new person in and many times that's the decision we made, we talked to them about, you know, maybe helping them get better, but it was like, you know, we, we've got a year left. We bring a new person in from a relational standpoint, you know? Well, and that's another tension I think we all feel. I did it in my first church when I stepped in from a role of being a small group leader into leading small group leaders. Evaluating a volunteer makes you feel like a jerk. That's a great one. <laughs> and, you know, this person hey, I, is showing I, I up giving you're doing their this time. for free, but <laughs> right. Right. you're not doing it right. I appreciate <laughs> you doing it for free. And giving us all of your time. But if you could put a little more time into it, that would be great. (laughs) And it just, it's more uncomfortable when you're sitting on the other side of it going, I don't want you to leave and I don't want you to give up, but I do want you to get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that, I mean, it's, it's intuitive, right? Before you evaluate small group leaders, you almost have to take a step back and, and figure out how you've equipped them to be successful. And like you were saying, chef, you went from, all right, I'm not going to tell them anything to, you know, I've got 900 pages here to boiling it down to something a little bit more manageable. And before we just push forward into how you actually evaluate small group leaders, I thought, I think we'd be missing the mark if we didn't pause and say, you know, we've talked about lead small. What are those five guiding principles that um, we're talking about here? And then we can move into what does that mean for evaluating them? So Afton, can you tell us just for those that might not be familiar with this small group model, uh, what are those principles that we can push forward here in the conversation? I can explain them and chef, you can correct me Uh (laughs) and and add to. (laughs) I mean, the first one is be present. Um, Basically, that's your primary role is to show up and to be there. Um, So I'm just going to go over them real briefly. You can measure that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. a small group leader who's not showing up is not a good small group leader. There you go. Yep. Yeah. I I just blew your mind with that. Right. Because you can't do anything else as a small group leader if you don't show up consistently if you're not there for your kids predictably. Um, so the first one's show up, be present. The second one is create a safe place. And that one's a little bit more abstract, but basically that's your group time. It's your group conversation. It's the guidelines and the expectations you kind of put in place as a small group together and kind of those conversations that happen in there. Uh, the third one is partner with parents. And um, this one's a little bit more difficult, for, especially for student groups, but it is the, still the idea that um, you are honoring the parents parents of the kids in your group. You're, you're reinforcing their family. You're making them the winner. You know, Mm -hmm. you're never kind of downplaying the parent's role or judging them. You're kind of always uplifting the parent in those situations. Um, the fourth one is make it personal. It's basically the idea that you can't pour into others unless you're pouring into yourself. Um, so it's you, you know, as a small group leader, making sure that you are, um, investing yourself spiritually and, and living out what you're preaching to these kids and students. And the last one's move them out. And it's, um, the idea of kind of moving your kids into what's next for them spiritually, relationally, physically, if they're going to a, a new school or a new grade or moving across the country. However, you can kind of help your kid with kids with transitions as they go. Um, so this is the five things that we would tell any small group leader, hey, this is what it means to be a small group leader. This is what we expect of you as a small group leader. Mm -hmm. And then what's great is if you are able to express those expectations clearly up front, when you are doing the evaluation of the small group leaders later, you can always reference those and go, hey, these are the expectations. Mm -hmm. Here's some areas where we feel like 
you need some help or here's some ideas I have to help you do this part better. Gosh, that is so good. And just setting those expectations up front can also help a small group leader evaluate themselves. Because I think sometimes as a small group leader, you just don't know what you're aiming for. And it feels like sometimes it's to be the most fun one because that's what kids celebrate. But to have (laughs) a a groups leader or church staff member say, okay, here are the five things you're aiming for. How do you think you're doing? Mm -hmm. That's just, that's super helpful. Now, I think the hard part though, and I think this is where the emphasis is going to be in this conversation is that when it comes to evaluating small group leaders, all through that list that you just mentioned are things that are like, oh, this is pretty difficult. This is abstract. This one's abstract. You know, be present. Okay. We can, we can measure that one. Create a safe place. Abstract. Partner with parents. That sounds really difficult. Make it personal. <laughs> that's like, how's your quiet time? Like, it's just like, you know, how's hey, your quiet, how's uh, your quiet and then time? move them out, which can be, you know, physical, like moving them into high school or college or something. But like you also said, that could also be spiritual and abstract. Right. So what? So where do we take that now? Is I think the heart of this. And Chef, I'd love your thoughts in here too, as a, a ministry leader. Like, what ways do we evaluate small group leaders on that scale? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's subjective, but there are some objective things you can look look at. And I would say with these things, just be careful that, you know, when you are looking at something objective, which I'm about to say or talk (laughs) about, that you don't make a decision based on that. You ask a better question because of that. It leads to better Mm -hmm. questions. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So for instance, let me give you one and I'm going to talk about attendance. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I love to have attendance systems that don't just tell you how many were in the room, but who was in the room. Mm -hmm. And if you can say who was in the room, you can actually kind of look at attendance patterns by group. And your best small group leaders will have higher attendance patterns. Mm-hmm. It's just simple. It's a relational connection. Mm-hmm. Kids lying in bed. It's raining. It's I always try to imagine, <laughs> you know, for volunteers too, you're lying in bed. It's raining. It's the perfect Sunday morning to stay in bed. And the reason most people will go is because someone will miss them, which mm-hmm. means you have a good small mm-hmm. group leader that has made the relational connection, um, at least that part of it. And I think that's important. Camps are often when I, we always would do camps by small group. And one of the things I would pay attention to was how many, you know, kids were now don't, Mm -hmm. don't make a decision. They're a bad small group leader. It might be that that school had that dance that weekend or that, Mm -hmm. you know, or it might be that that group for some reason has an unusually high amount of kids in a divorce situation who are only available every Mm -hmm. other week. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, it leads you to some better questions, but, but those are some of the objective ways I've always kind of tried to look at it. There's no batting average, but that's about as close as I could get. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I would also say, too, when it comes to those abstract concepts like the create a safe place or the move them out to to whatever their next faith step is, I think what happens a lot of times is we tell them the abstract concepts, but we're not giving them the tangible ways to accomplish those tasks. So we say lead the group, we say respect the process, but we're not telling them how to do it. Um, So if you have a group of kids and they're all in different places spiritually, how, as a small group leader, can you kind of navigate a conversation about faith with all these students that are at different places? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we're like, hey, navigate that time. And we don't (laughs) tell them how to do that. And I think as the the church leader, it's our job to give them tips, to give them tricks, to allow small group leaders to talk to each other about what works in their group, because we, we aren't giving them the tangible, practical ways to follow through. And I think Afton makes such a good point that if one small group leader is struggling in an area, there's a good chance that there are a few Mm -hmm. others who are struggling in that area too. One thing that I love to do is just evaluate the whole 
and not just the individual. And sometimes that's an anonymous survey. And sometimes it's checking <laughs> in with every single person and saying, hey, what's the one area? What is the one thing? What is What do you wish you could fix? And sometimes you'll see themes and then those turn into trainings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if everybody's having trouble partnering with parents, then we can have a partner with parents training. Mm-hmm. One very practical idea, and I had ne- I've never done this, but I've done this in like leadership trainings for general leadership and hard conversation trainings, and I've seen it done. John Townsend is so good at this where he... He basically role plays and he tells you, he tells each of the people who are struggling with the issue to be the character (laughs) that causes you the most issue Hmm. and then lead the group and let them be as absurd and crazy as possible, but basically model. Because again, Uh we can't tell them exactly what to say, but we can model what it might look like, you know, to jump off of a crazy comment, twist it and turn it into something that moves into (laughs) a new conversation while not just embarrassing the kid. You yeah. Know? So Yeah, absolutely. I love that. One of the things I've really appreciated at my own church is it's not weird for the church staff or we have we have volunteer coaches in addition to small group leaders, but it's not weird for those people to come sit in your group. And because it's not weird, then they can't they really can't evaluate by watching. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've if you haven't been in there in two years and suddenly you sit in, the small group leader is gonna feel a little strange about that. Yeah, but if it's part of the culture yeah. that sometimes they pop in and hang out, and your group knows who they are, yeah, that's so helpful. And then you can address really specific things. And that's one reason I love the coaches because the coaches are only in so many groups, and so for them to be around isn't weird at all. In fact, mm-hmm. for them to be mm-hmm. at camp isn't weird at all. And so the kids begin to know them just as much as anybody else. And so when they fill in, when a small group mm-hmm. leader is not there, not it weird. keeps going. But you have someone who's you know someone you trust who's watching. And making a subjective, you know, and helping as they go. So I don't, you brought up coaches. I don't know if we've really talked about that much here on the podcast. So chef, from the ministry leader's perspective, can you explain what a coach is? Because I think that also helps us move forward in this. Yeah. Uh, And and it almost kind of is the, um, the bridge between these principles and uh, what Afton was talking about a few minutes ago about like helping some of these small group leaders uh, implement these principles. Right. And and it's just, I mean, any good ministry is a um, relational pyramid scheme, basically at the end of the day. (laughs) You heard it here. Oh, your ministry is really, really just a pyramid. Right. I mean, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's people. Oh it's how gosh. many people can you really influence? Well, the answer is, you know, if you're good, 15, 16, you know, if you're like me, two, you know, or, you know, <laughs> maybe eight. But the point being, like, if, if you have more than 15, 16 small group leaders, you can't relationally know them and they know you the way they need to be known. So the idea of a coach is as you grow, as your ministry grows and the, and the relationships kind of eclipse what you can handle, you put someone in there. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a, you have to be so picky about this mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have to just find the best people. But the reality is in your churches, are pastors who make way too much money in their job or their <laughs> moms at home, and that's way too important for them to come on your staff, but they would love to have that responsibility and really be treated like a staff member and, and placed in there. Now, I, I will say, even for the, you know, the, the smaller ministry that has like two or three small group leaders, I would love your thoughts, Chef, but I would assume that a coach is even important in that role because it takes the pressure off the ministry leader who might also be the communicator who's also leading all of these other things right. from having to... Well, maybe more important because, yeah. I mean, then if, you, if you're in a small church, which is what I grew up in, you are in charge of everything on Sunday morning. Right. So right. relational time with the small mm-hmm. group leaders, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, in fact, I would recommend that no matter what your job is, whether your job is just groups and you have, you know, like my staff at North Point, they had 70 to 100 small group leaders they were in charge of. Or you're, the, or you're alone at a church and you're in charge of a thousand things. You should have someone between you and the small group leader whose only job is to care for and walk with small group leaders mm-hmm. over time so they can give you a, a good read mm-hmm. on what's going on. Not just in small group, but just how they're doing as people. Mm-hmm. Because there's several mm-hmm. things that can happen outside a group that can you know, mess up a small group leader's you know, effectiveness. Okay, Chef, I want to go back to something uh, that you said toward the beginning of this episode. Because at this point, even this conversation feels a little abstract. We're talking about evaluating small group leaders, but it still feels like we're in the clouds a little bit on this. So you said, hey, we need to figure out what an at-bat is for a small group leader. We've got to figure out what a batting average is for a small group leader. Afton, I know you love these sports references. Did you just say at-bat? What does at that bat? mean? Like is that when, correct grammar? At-bat. Like a, it's a, let's just jump into what is an at-bat? What is <laughs> right. that grade? What, it's like a quiz grade. Like if you could give your small group leaders a quiz to see where they are or uh-huh. some sort of test to see where they are, that sort of thing. Yeah. There's not one. I mean... Mm-hmm. You could try to do that. That would feel gross. I think, again, back to your whole, it's weird it's to weird. judge a volunteer. But I think there are, you know, not objective ways to do it, but really subjective ways to do it. And you should pay attention to several things, including your gut. Like, I mean, this is what you've been, if, if you're a ministry leader, this is what you've been entrusted with. You have been entrusted with placing major characters in the stories of the lives of children. Like, that's your stewardship. You, their faith is not your stewardship. That's their deal. Your job is to give them great characters in their lives so that they can develop a faith of their own and that that person stands with them, right? So can I ask a question? Yeah. What do you guys think about self-evaluations for small group leaders? Still too weird? I think self-evaluation is huge. It's really important. Occasionally you will still have... I like, like not self-aware small group right. leaders. So I also think mm-hmm. others' evaluation is helpful. Mm-hmm. But it's not um, a test they're turning in to be great. But you right. start with self-evaluation. Yeah. And if you have a good enough relationship with your small group leaders, they will talk to you about their self-evaluation. Well, and th- this really goes back to the you know, to the beginning, like you should not take small group leaders that wouldn't want to get better. Like you, this mm-hmm. is, you know, you, you should you should only be having to worry about a small percentage of your folks because you've been so picky on who you've allowed Mm -hmm. to come into your ministry. So, but there are still things we can do. Like for instance, I think you just watch them. Are they smiling? Are they having fun? People who are fulfilled are, are doing something that they feel are important. What do they talk about? Do they love it? Do they show up excited? You know, Uh, watch them, how they respond to their kids when they walk in the room. Are they excited, you know, to see that? I love... Um, and watch when parents show up at yeah. pick up and drop off and how they interact with parents. That always gives you a clue. Or if they how know who going. they are. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, what questions they're asking. I think, you know, when they're asking deeper questions or what they're complaining about is really... Like if <laughs> a small group leader who complains to me in my program, we had program then group, when they complain the program went too long, that's probably a good small group leader. <laughs> yep. You know yeah, what I mean? Truly. Mm-hmm. And, and when they pr- complain to me that I haven't put enough questions on their leader guide, that's probably a small group leader who mm-hmm. needs to understand you're mm-hmm. not a teacher and you're not, you know, mm-hmm. and they've missed some of the training that we put them through. So just, those are just some ideas <laughs> and you should, you should trust your gut on it. I mean, you should, if you're wondering, go ask some questions, take coffee, you know, go to coffee. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be, I'd ask questions that 
lead you to some clarity before I necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, made it clear I was questioning if you're a good small group leader or not. So those are just some thoughts. Any others? And I would also say be careful to ask questions of them, but not of anybody else. Evaluating a small group leader doesn't mean asking the kids how they're doing. And it doesn't mean asking the parents how they're doing because mm-hmm. it that feels weird to those people. Right. And the kids know when they're being asked for feedback yeah. on, on how an individual is doing their job. And I would just say, be really careful about doing that. I do want to mention, we have, um, we have a friend who is a church leader in Arizona, Shane Sanchez, um, met him at Orange Tour this year. And I was just so impressed at the way he's doing this at his church. He is, um, basically the sign-up process for becoming a small group leader is you have to read the book Lead Small. Because <laughs> oh, lots really? of people will sign up and say, oh, I'd love to hang out with teenagers, but are they serious enough to read a book? Mm-hmm. And and the principles he's mm-hmm. chosen for his ministry are the Lead Small principles, so that's the book that they read. And then they basically sign a contract that says, I will be a Lead Small leader and I will adhere to these five principles. And then that launches their evaluation process for the rest of the year. So it's just super, super clear. He calls them, I believe he said Lead Small certified, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> That's amazing. But you cool. have to be a Lead Small leader to lead in their ministry. But in a way, then, you're getting them to interview you as much as they're interview- you're interviewing them. Like, is this, mm-hmm. is this, this is what we're going to expect. Are you going to enjoy it here? You know, yeah. is this something you would love to do? And I would say too, um, and I know you believe in this chef too so much because I learned all this from you basically. But I mean, before you really get into evaluating a small group leader, I think it's so important for the church leader to have systematic training in place because yeah. I don't think so it's true. fair to evaluate them if you aren't giving them the tools to know what's expected of them. Um, one of the things that we create every season through Lead Small are what we call Lead Small Goals. And I think, I just think they're brilliant because they give you really tangible ways to act out on the five Lead Small principles every season. So if it's winter and you you know one of your goals is to be present, it might be that since everyone's gone for Christmas or everyone's kind of out of town that you send a postcard or a text or an actual snail mail letter to somebody and tell them that you miss them and that you hope their holidays are going great. And, and I think giving your small group leaders really tangible ways to achieve their job is the most important thing you can do. So I just think, you know, coming up with some some tips and tricks and goals to give them will help you know if they're reaching them and it'll help them know if they're mm-hmm, reaching yeah. them because I think mm-hmm. as a small group leader like you said CJ you don't you don't know where the bar is you're like yeah. okay I know I'm supposed to partner with parents but like what does that mean and am I doing it well enough yeah. and mm-hmm. as a That's church great. leader it's our job to go hey here are three ways to partner with parents in this semester. And if you haven't done those things, then as a small group leader, you know, yeah. I've got a little bit of work to do. I have mm-hmm. other things I can do to achieve this. And equip them. Like we used to give postcards with the address already on them and a stamp. So we oh, spent that money. Is the best. So, so from the small group leader's yeah. perspective, not only do they appreciate it, not only are you giving them something tangible to do, but now the church is invested. Yep. Yeah. And, and you're making gonna, it they're easy hopefully for them to follow accomplish through. what you're telling them to do. Right. It's a cold heart that throws away mm-hmm. a stack of stamped <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cold, cold it's heart. So true. <laughs> CJ's like, I have done that before. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but seriously though, like we're taking after, and I love what you're talking about uh, as far as taking these big principles 
and boiling it down to something man- manageable for the small group leader to do. Because at the end of the day, that's that's the goal. The goal is not to evaluate small group leaders so that we can fire them, you know, or, or something <laughs> like that. The goal is to evaluate small group leaders so that we can figure out, hey, how to make them do, you know, get better at leading students. And hey, if they're all struggling in the same area, that's a reflection on me, the ministry leader. Like, okay, right. I need to mm-hmm. help them set goals and uh, and get better as a small group as a small group leader in this area. So as we wrap up, any final thoughts on evaluating small group leaders and setting them up for success? Yeah, I think my final thought is something that we always say about parents, but it's also true about small group leaders, that almost all of them want to get better. Mm -hmm. They want to be better at their job. Nobody signs up to volunteer their time and go on week-long retreats or overnights (laughs) um, with smelly, sometimes grumpy teenagers if they don't want to be better at leading teenagers. But but that can be an awkward ask. Mm-hmm. And it honestly can be something that causes a lot of insecurity in those of us who lead teenagers. Like, I don't want to tell anybody that I don't think I'm doing this right. So, so always start from a place of that knowing that they probably do want to get better. And maybe the best evaluation question you can ask is, hey, what do you want to work on and how can I help? Yeah, that's great. I think my final thought is, I think we're just getting started with this. I'm yeah. kind of excited. Yes. One, I think we should have Shane Sanchez come on to this podcast. Oh, that would be so fun. That? Because he's we'll call him. He sounds a like a brilliant rock star. Track. He is. He's so <laughs> great. And their church is great. I love Mission. Um, and two, I think we should have Afton again, because I think if I'm in my car Yay. listening to this, I'm like, tell me about a year-long strategy. And so sure. how do you, I yeah. mean, just give us... A quick, just a hint, and then we'll have you back and we'll dive into that. Yeah. I mean, a year long strategy for training small group leaders. I mean, you look at it in three different lenses. You look at it, what you're doing every year, what you're doing every season and what you're doing every month. And, um, we've created a a product that kind of helps you do that every, every week and gives you the resource to do it called weekly, um, which is actually where you find the small group leader goals that I talked about earlier. And guys, I was just thinking, can we just give your listeners a small group leader goals? Like, no, can we just not, give it to them? Let's not to you. Yeah, that sounds can awesome. We? It sounds great. Yeah, let's like let's give it away. CJ, how do we give that to them? Uh, well, we can. <laughs> it sounds so salesy. Yeah. But I know. It's a giveaway. I don't really know how to do it. <laughs> well, we could we can we'll put that in the show notes. That'll be a free download. I knew you were going to say show notes. I know, right? Show That's what always the answer. Does. Yeah, show and notes. And if you could just email it to me personally, that yeah. would be really helpful. <laughs> awesome. Yes. And our show notes, we'll have those at RethinkingYM.org. And that's a great way to wrap up this conversation. And like Chef said, we're just getting started on uh, all of this. So we will have Afton back here. We will talk about a year-long strategy. uh, And we are excited for that. But for now, thank you for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. Hey, we would love to hear from you. What, What are your thoughts on this conversation? What tools do you use to evaluate small group leaders? How are you helping... Uh, your small group leaders set goals. We want to hear your thoughts and you can give us your thoughts by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at XP three students, facebook.com slash XP three students, Twitter, Instagram, and rethinking You can leave your thoughts there as well. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast through your podcast app, whatever you're listening to this podcast through subscribe, leave us a review. That'll help us make this podcast better. And for more great resources, to get the free download, the free small group leader goals download that Afton is providing through Lead Small, you can visit our website, rethinkingym.org. Until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Chef. I'm Crystal. I'm Afton. And thank you for listening.